Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. This is episode number 339. Mike, we're going to talk about a topic you and I, we lament about this often. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about how to keep your focus for a full 18 holes. Yeah, how do we make it all the way through? Right. Because mm-hmm. golf, it's it's a it's a long round. You're out there for quite a while, and some of us, you know, you feel like you you're locked in for whatever it is three holes, nine holes, twelve holes, and then sometimes the wheels just kind of come off, and you leave yourself wondering why. I know myself. I'm just putting together the video that we did at Winding Hills, and I actually lament about it in that video where I said one thing that's holding me back from finally dipping into those single digit handicap numbers mm-hmm. is I always tend to make mental mistakes that come late in the round. I yep. made a big one. I think it was on the 14th hole. And uh, it's just, again, it's just like something you get to yeah, a You're point. a big 14th hole guy. 14. I notice on the, on the 14th hole, the hips don't fire through as much. You start forgetting some of the stuff with the wrists, you start leaving those balls out again. Yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of it too, but it's funny know. how when we play together, we see that in each other's games. Right. But you're right. And I don't know what it is. It's just something that just gets to a point where maybe uh, mental, tired, or whatever. I just kind of slip. But there are ways you can avoid it. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about them today. We're going to put some of them into action, see how that does for us. Um, because it's just it's a, it's chasing better. You know, We're yeah. always trying to get better, and this is a big way we can do it. Um, before we hop into this week's Twitter tapping, I want to thank this week's sponsor, Titleist. Whether it's the tour-level shaping of the T100, the powerful playable distance of the T200, or the maximum speed and forgiveness of the T300, T-Series is power-packed lineup of performance Uh, and all the innovation goes in for one reason and that's to help titleist players post lower numbers on the card so make sure you guys visit titleist.com to learn more about the t-series irons uh mike when we went to mill river for our our titleist thursday yeah fitting just you know maybe just a few weeks ago um we ran through the the ts lineup of drivers we dabbled a little bit even with those t100 the t100 pretty sleek they really are and and they really they they just feel great, but I, I would say we were fit properly. We were fit the T one hundreds is just for those next level players who mm-hmm. who really want that you know that forged you know feel. You can get a lot out of that club. But for me, I ended up going with the T two hundred T three hundred mixed little bag. combo platter. Mm-hmm. Uh, love it. I love knowing I've got that little more forgiveness to the T three hundred in my uh, four and five iron, and then the rest of the T two hundreds have just been great for my game this for year. Sure. Um, so. Get yourself fitted for the T-Series Iron. You'll love the way they look, the way they feel, and they w- the way they perform. And you guys got to check it out. All right. Twitter tapping. So this is a segment we do every week. If you're not already following us on Twitter, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. Uh, so you can get involved in the conversation. We like to get your feedback. And some of the stuff here is stuff that turns into future episodes. That's right. Yeah. Because there's little things in there, little nuggets that we can dive into. So this week we asked... What is uh, one type of golf shot you wish you knew how to hit? And as always, I want to start off with us, and then we'll dive into some of these answers. So, Mike, is there a shot that you wish you knew how to hit? I'd say I'd love to be able to hit that high draw with my driver. Yeah. You know, just one day be able to fix my swing plane or whatever just to get that proper path through the ball and hit it right to left yeah and the and and anything with the draw with the driver obviously you're going to maximize your distance so it's great Mm -hmm. for me it's going to be pretty much anything low um a big change i've made this year is trying to have more of that 
downward uh, angle of attack with my irons, with pretty much everything but my driver, uh, and less hitting it up on the ball. And a big part of that was, especially, it really became evident when we played in Scotland, but it happens here too. Really breezy day. Mm-hmm. My game is relying too much on height. Yep. So low, but if I had to narrow it down to just one, I would say it would be a low draw driver. I was going to say, if you were going low cut and I was going high draw. That'd be funny, right? <laughs> Good scramble That's team. That's why we're a good scramble <laughs> team. But I, I tell you what, man, if I could get to where I could hit a nice low draw yeah. driver, keep it under the wind, That'd be great. get mm-hmm. it going low in that draw, just get it running, you get some more out of it. It's just great. But hey, another dynamic of what we love so much about the game of golf is that there are so many nuances to it. You know, I yeah. think when we're new to golf and we first get in, we're all just thinking, hey, how do I just move the ball, you know, down the fairway and hit it straight? But then it's nice because as you level up in golf, you you bump up against new challenges. And one of those new challenges is starting to learn how to hit different shot shapes and gives you so much more respect for the way the PGA Tour players do it and the way they shape the ball in different areas. And like when you and I played the tips at some places, like we did at Pound Ridge, yep. you start to realize good course designers work in the requirement of hitting different shot shapes. Like yeah. Pete Dye will have one where you're blocked out uh, on the uh, the right side and you've got to hit a fade or vice versa with a strategic tree there that you've got to draw it around to get to the fairway. So uh, it, it really is another one of those nuances of the game that I think is so special. Uh, all right, Mike, do you see any here that you yeah, that let's, stick out? Let's jump out with Mike Ryder. He goes, stinger all the way. That shot when executed right is a thing of beauty it sure is it really is so many stingers uh harry corver says stinger uh matt charette says any <laughs> any any shot will do i feel you matt everybody has that point where they're struggling with pretty much hitting anything uh i think it's like the last thing in your mind is to be able to hit specific shots right right but um but stinger is a big one don uh bresnow also says stinger alex napier he says i'd love to hit a stinger like the stinger king radford there you go man i tell you what watching that live was live yeah i mean you see it some of the 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 amazing stuff that zach radford does on instagram and on his youtube channel um but then you see him him do it in person when we got to play with him it's super incredible it is it Uh, really is opposite of the stinger a lot of people are talking about the phil mickelson flop yeah and that's a tough shot to hit because it takes a lot of commitment to take a full swing and try to put something straight up in the air. Yes. You know, we find ourselves in that situation, green side, not a lot of green to work with, close tucked pin, and we got to rely on that flop shot. It's a shot that I can't really trust that much because I'll end up sculling it. Right. You know, but uh, or like just digging too deep. But uh, but I see that a lot here. Just yep. looking up flop something shot. as we talk about this. I wanna, see I wanna, what else you just Hunter says me. flop shot needs something for a short-sided pin. There you go. Um you reminded me of something just now that I here. Keep was looking. Really I'll read this one. From, I'll read this, this obvious one from Eddie. I'm going to put him on blast real quick. Our own Eddie Detusi. He goes. I'd like to hit a super accurate approach shot from 130 in and be able to stick it inside 20 feet consistently. Don't we all, Ed? <laughs> no, we all. Come on. Don't we all? <laughs> um, no. Interesting to hear. Uh, here we go. I was going to say no one said putt, but uh, Lafferty Daniel says a putt with a, like the crying laughing emoji. That's great. Um, this you made me think of something. The Phil Mickelson shot. Yes. I've only ever hit it the really the way I wanted to one time. Mm. And it just was so great. And I was so glad someone was there to witness it. I had a 60 degree. I was only 20 yards off the green, but right in front of me was at least a 20 foot tall evergreen tree. So I had to go immediately way up and way down. And 
only thing I remember from that, I had nothing to lose. I wasn't playing in, in a tournament situation. I was just out there playing a practice round with some guy that I got paired up with. Right. And I opened up my 60 and I just took the fullest, most committed shot you've ever seen. And it went up over the tree and stopped about a foot and a half from the pin. And the yeah. guy like couldn't believe it. He's like, well, I'm like, trust me, that made me look like a much better golfer than I am. But it made me think of something. And this is something that I was, a, you learn lessons in life from all different areas and all different things. And one thing that I thought, I posted it on my story on Instagram, I reshared it, but Sky Brown, she's a 12 year old uh, skateboarder. Mm -hmm. And this, this chick, I mean, for 12 years old, you guys got to give her a follow on Instagram. It's at Sky Brown. She's incredible. She's good at everything she does. She surfs, she skates, she dances. She's it's amazing. But what really got my attention was she was with Tony Hawk and Tony, actually, I, I first saw this on Tony's Instagram and it led me to hers and she's at the top of the mega ramp. Now you gotta mm. think 12 year old. We both of you us have little girls you right. know, and we know what it's like and trying to guide them and coach them through things. And she's staying at the top and I, as a father, I'm like nervous because I'm watching this because not only she has the mega ramp, but then she has this huge, huge jump, jump that I she's got to go over. Right. And Tony's just there and he's giving guidance. And I thought we could learn for a lot from this. We had Dr. Joseph Perrin on the show talking about teaching our kids game, the game he's giving guidance but in a very kind of like step back way he was just like there to be supportive but he's not pushing her he's not overly telling her what to do he's just standing there to be to guide and then tons you know just amazing perspective for someone so young i just hear her the last thing she says before she goes she just says commit <laughs> she just reminds herself right commit and i thought you know that would be a great swing thought Mm -hmm. rather than thinking about different things of what to do, just commit. Because if you really think about it, how many golf shots of yours failed because you really weren't totally committed to the shot? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and you just I, weren't comfortable. You just weren't comfortable. And I think when you're not committed, you think about the Phil Mickelson flop, there's so much that could go wrong right? because you're usually close to your target and a skull could be a whatever right. that a lot of us just don't ever actually commit to it. Now, I'm not going to say committing is going to be the thing that you, anybody can do it if they just commit to it. No, but I think if you're going to play any type of shot, you got to commit to it. I thought that was an incredible lesson learned. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading uh, Dr. Bob Rotella's Golf's Not a Game of Perfect, and he talks about committing to it, committing to to targets and things like that, which we'll talk about more when we get into the instructional topic. But um, she, I uh, learned something from that. I hope everybody else does yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, I watched that video. She fell the first time, but then she nailed it the second time. She still, she still made it she made over the, the jump, ramp. She made the jump. She yes. fell off the board and like, yes, like ran down or whatever. Right. But then they showed a different angle, and she stuck it. She stuck it. So it was just that. a different shot. But no matter what, I mean, that that gap was sick that she had yeah. to go over. But even, I mean, think about it. You're standing there, twenty feet in the air of a of a down slope, like down ramp that's that goes down at a ridiculous <laughs> angle. Would you hit that ramp? No way, you crazy yeah. dude! We I have trouble Frank standing on a skateboard. On, Frank know. has trouble sitting on a couch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fall off couches. <laughs> Jeez, no, I, I tell you, but I just I felt like that was something just to learn from. If cool. you can just remind yourself, no matter how difficult the shot, if you can just tell yourself to commit, and uh, and it's a teller. If you can't tell yourself to commit to the shot, it tells you you're playing the wrong shot. Play a shot you can commit to. It could be the, the choice of club, the distance on a par three. It could be anything like that because the, the moment you're not committed, you don't hit it right. I can't even tell you how many times I've said I just wasn't sure of the club or, or you know what I mean? I, I end up on a par three if I'm in between clubs and I hit the wrong you – know, I just try to talk myself into it. I'd rather hit a committed club towards a different target than a non-committed club towards the, the flag. 
Yeah, and as you're talking about this, I'm laughing because I'm scripting like a funny commercial in my head already. Here we go, here we go. You know, like you stepping up to the ball in slow-mo dramatic music with like your voiceover saying, all right, 120, and then you saying out loud, commit, and then sculling it into someone's kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) At least I committedly sculled it into their kitchen. Good stuff. But uh, a lot of good ones in here. I see also Thomas Height says a driver off the deck. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's not even just a cool just show-off shot. Uh, it's a great shot to have. We learned that. Another thing we learned. Yeah. Actually, we learned that in England playing um, with Cam. I remember playing with Cam from Putout uh, at a very link-style course. It, you know, if you kept the ball in the fairway, it would just run forever and a long par five. And we were joking about hitting driver off the deck. And he's like, no, I actually think it's the, uh, the right play yeah. here, mm-hmm. you know, keeping it low under the wind, really windy day at West Lanks. And if you could just keep it low, even if it was a worm burner, it would just run forever. Hovland hit one 300 to the green on a par five the other day. Driver <laughs> off the deck. Ridiculous. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen Ricky hit some crazy I have a one. good swing plane for a driver off the deck. My steepness. I'm able to connect pretty well when I do that. Yeah. And you can keep it really low. Yeah with that mm-hmm. um so it, it is a good one to hit i wouldn't spend an entire range session just hitting a driver off the map but i think any of these types of things i mean the takeaway the something that we talk about here on the podcast all the time is don't try it on the course until you've at least practiced it a bit so if any of these do appeal to you get out there practice them a bit so you got some familiarity with them on the range and then go out and, and hit them go to top golf and just stand there with a driver and as they come shooting out just go driver off deck wing, wing, wing. <laughs> yeah it's a good way yeah. to practice i'm sure they'll love you at top golf too <laughs> Um, Phil flop shot stinger keep coming up. Um, and Tim Bonnet says currently any shot that isn't a shank golf golfer in despair ever shank the driver. I have Tim. I feel you, man. Mm-hmm. Stick with it though. Like anything else, like any sport you could have played baseball, whatever it is as golfers, we go through slumps. I'm in a putting slump right now that I'm working my way through. I think just being aware of the fact that it's a slump mm-hmm. and not getting so hard on yourself. Cause a lot of us think this like detrimental, like this all encompassing, like I'll never play well again. I'll, I, I, my whole game is lost. We tell ourselves, you know, we're golfers, we beat up on ourselves. But if instead you just say, I'm in a slump right now, the confidence will come back sooner. Just yep. acknowledge what it is and work through it. All right, Mike, uh, let's do a word from some of our sponsors here, and then we're going to dive into this this topic talking about how to keep your um, your focus for that, that full 18 holes. Excellent. So, guys, this episode is brought to you by ShotScope. The ShotScope V3 stat tracking laser-like GPS watch tells you everything you want to know about your golf game. We've been using it for two years now. We're on the, the new unit, the V3, which is sold out currently because they're flying off the shelves. Everyone wants them. I don't blame them. Um, and they're coming back with more stock in October from what yes. I heard. Get online. Uh, but you can order it now for <laughs> yeah. October. So you can order now to get it then. Um, but what's new about it? I mean, I know you guys have saw it, a lot of talk about uh, the old V2 and there was some talk about it being a little too big and the battery not lasting. Well, hey, fear no more. It's changed. It's smaller. It's sleeker. Uh, battery life much longer. You mm-hmm. can play two rounds in a day and not even worry about it. Uh, the sleeker design, the interchangeable color bands, uh, they made it more precise. Yeah. Believe it or not, you know, the the data, uh, they're always up, upgrading the, the firmware, cool new features, like you could see what club you have now to make sure that it, that your data is accurate, and they just keep going and going. The company is doing great things. Check them out. Visit shotscope.com slash golficity. Get yourself in the game with the all-new G3 
I'm sorry, V3, or if you just want GPS only, you can grab the G3. And what I love so much about it is that you do, you buy it once, there's no subscriptions, and as right. those new features roll out, you just get them. But one thing I wanted to highlight, Eddie D'Souza posted in the uh, Facebook group the other day, speaking of exactly a case study, it's not just uh, a spec on the box, he got 36 holes in and, and he showed that he still had battery. Still had some battery left. Right, yeah. which a lot of people were struggling with a little bit with the V2, but the V3 battery life is, is really killer. Yeah, it is. So guys, check them out, shotscope.com slash golficity. And lastly, dude, I don't have to tell you how sharp this is. I know. I got I one too. It's it. my favorite. I know. I know you have it. Yeah. It's from the FootJoy 1857 collection. If you never heard of it. Heritage, it, baby. Check it out. They're so cool. But guys, if you're in the market right now for new golf shoes, especially for the fall, I don't know, maybe you want to get some spikes for the colder, wet season coming up, look no further than the Torx. Fully loaded, inside and out, Torx. It's like my favorite shoe, by the way. You should always see me wearing yep. it. It delivers max stability, max control, and max comfort. Those are three things that I, I feel every time I go out. I never worry about my feet hurting, and I never worry about slipping out there. I mean, I just love this shoe. Uh, the outsole features these launch pods. Nine launch pods provide that stability. You can launch it past your buddies. Um, you know, you can't, you don't sacrifice comfort either because, you right. know, you think something like that, it's going to be hard to walk in. Nope, this, this shoe wraps your foot in coziness with these Ortholite impression fit beds. They're great. Uh, but you can't just take my word for it. You got to go actually try them on, feel it, play with them. Tour proven by players like Kisner. Uh, experience the max performance of the all new FootJoy Tour X. Yeah, Kisner in the uh, top 30, he's right? He's playing there. He's in the hunt. He's playing yep. the, uh, the tour championship. But yeah, that's it's that shoot of screams performance. All right, so let's let's dive in here. Let's talk about this because it, it's funny. For different reasons, maybe some similar, similar reasons too, you and I have both complained about this before, about sometimes down the stretch we struggle. Right. I remember you talked about on the podcast a while back. Uh, also, from there's a, there's a mental part, but the physical part, you're worried about like, you were getting a little bit tired. Yeah, mental stamina. Just, right. Yeah. And, and you were you were even working on your nutrition, Nutri mm -hmm. uh, making sure you had the protein and stuff like that out there. Uh, a big tip we get, you know, Kevin Sprecker, you know, our guy, our, our, who we do so much instructional stuff with, it's funny. Like, you, you ask him, like, we asked him one time about something, like, struggling with the game. And you think instructor, he's going to ask you a specific question about your, uh, your swing plane or something. And he asks, how much water are you drinking out there? Yeah. Yeah, you know? interesting. And I'm like, well, you know, you know, and that's where I like working with Sprat because he thinks of everything. It's like all encompassing. But the muscles need water to function. The mind needs it. A lot of us get dehydrated out there. It's hot. Maybe we have a beer or two. You know, mm -hmm. coffee. You know, you and I we both show up with our iced coffee. Right. You're getting yourself dehydrated. So that's a big part of it. So don't. We're going to talk about the mental side of it, but don't overlook the physical side. Uh, as well, there's if there's something that you might be struggling with down the stretch, make sure you're giving your body all of the fuel that it needs in the form of hydration, uh, eating, things like that. And you see it. We see it with the PGA Tour, and and maybe not all of it makes it on TV. But if you ever go to a PGA Tour event, you'll see that those guys have. Uh, Tiger sometimes has like a nutritional shake with him. Yep. We see bananas often, uh, different types of uh, bars that they're eating, and they're always hydrating. So it's something you can learn from it. Um, but here's the thing. Golf is interesting in that it's a sport that um, is played over a very long time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, of course, you're going to have the people who have the complaints about golf being a slow sport in general. And, and OK, that aside, let's just deal with what, what we have, the reality of it right now. Soccer, football, um, baseball can get longer. But yep. some of these things, you're out there two hours, right? Golf, you're out there four five hours some of the more challenging busier courses you could be out there five hours so 
especially right now when we are constantly distracted, we're distracted by our phones. We've got entertainment coming at us every which way. Um, it can be hard sometimes to keep your focus for a long period of time. And now we're asking you to keep your focus for five hours. It's a recipe for disaster. It, there's a lot that can happen in five hours. And yeah. then the minute you turn your phone on or check one thing, it's it. Mental that's game it. shifts. It really does. It is. And and that's the reality of us not being professional golfers, not doing this for a living where we're saying this is our job and we're putting our, our phones away. We have families. We have other jobs. We have things like that. So we get pulled away and we get distracted. So I think the thing that sets a lot of us up for failure is the thought and the idea that we've got to maintain our focus for the four or five hours because that's daunting. That's a daunting task to think you want to maintain your focus on one thing for five hours and you're going to slip up. So the first big tip that we have is recognize the fact that it can be a back and forth. And instead of trying to focus on golf for the entire round, Find some way to trigger where you're switching back and forth in and out of focus on golf so that you are able to switch gears, take that phone call, whatever. But then when that's done, put it aside or switch gears. Just chat with your buddies. I mean, that's why we're out there. We're having a good time. Like you yeah. and I, we're out there. We're just talking, whatever it may be. But then when it comes time to switch to golf, you got to be able to do it. So the only real, the only time you really need to be fully focused on golf is when you're preparing to hit a shot. Um, you know, and when you're making the actual swing. Now, I will say there's a caveat to that. Obviously, when you're walking up to the ball, we say sometimes starting to read this, the, the lie in the scenario, but really you can switch it on and off. So beyond those those moments when we're really locked in, that's the time when talk with your friends, you know, whatever it may be. Some of us listen to music while we're out there. And I know some of these things could be controversial. Some people like them, some people right. don't. But you get what I'm saying. Right. I mean, what, you, what you're saying, I, I like the idea of instead of trying to maintain focus for a full five-hour activity, right. maybe try to maintain focus for 18, 15-minute activities. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, when Well, even less, because 15 minutes is like the time it takes to play the whole hole. I'm thinking maintain focus for these one to three minute spans when you're actually okay. interacting with the ball. Okay, I could see that. And if you are if you have the ability to do that, I mean, the reason I was going with a 15 minute block because if you stay focused for the whole hole, meaning after you hit that shot, between that shot and the next shot, you don't want to go completely out the window. Yeah. Go back right. on the phone, whatever. Right. But yeah, I like it because then just like you said, after that hole is done, then you chat with your buddies for a little bit, right. have a sip talk and then like get back on the i agree box. it's like so, using something as a trigger to say hey mind now is the time to switch into golf mode right exactly. and it could be like saying hey i'm better not doing as much switching so my on and off mode is going to be from the moment i tee the ball up till it's hold i'm in golf mode and then it, between you know the next time before i tee it up on the next hole i'll just briefly give myself a mental break Right. And you know, here's a funny example. We were at Roycebrook and right next to the course, um, there's an airport. Yes. Yeah. And there was these planes, you know, the planes that fly over the beach with like the signs, the advertisement signs. So that's where they land and then pick up the signs. So they were practicing all day. And there was one hole. Remember, we, it was right next to the runway and yeah. we stopped to watch it. I've never seen that before. And then I, yeah. And never. Then you, how do you go from that? back to hitting your approach shot. I remember that was a disaster for both of us. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we were in uh, awe, you know, but you're right. You got to be able to switch it back and stay dialed in on your golf game plan. Somehow. It's true. It is wild though. I never knew that. I always I thought that, like, way, how yeah. do you take off with those big signs? They don't, they just dangle that hook and they get grab them. They the hook it. And then as soon as they hook it, those guys went up, I'm talking like 75 degree angle, full throttle. The old touch and look at They were going to fall out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. It was wild. But all right. So one big thing that you can do to switch into golf mode 
is is a pre-shot routine. A yeah. good pre-shot routine is something that can trigger the mind to take everything else away and start to turn your focus on it. It's similar in a lot of ways, like we talked about, like in a free throw in basketball. You do it the same way over and over. Not only will it help doing that, it'll also help in those pressure situations. It is a physical comfort. Yeah, it's like a reset button. Yes, you know, puts you back into the golf groove. Again. It takes you a little bit away from what you're thinking about. And instead, just puts you into this this mechanical thing where you're going to kind of go through the paces and, and get yourself, you know, in in ready shape to do it. Hey, pre-shot routine, by the way. Yeah. Would you say you're consistent with it through the entire round? Uh, yeah, that's like, it's a great question. I've worked hard on it. I've even practiced it. I try to do my pre-shot routine on the, on the range. It also helps me not go through golf balls as quick. Mm -hmm. But I think if I was to give a hard analysis, I would, I would wonder and say, does my pre-shot routine start to get, like when does it stop abbreviated like yeah. later in the round? Yep. Like, am I getting lazy? Cause that could be part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's an important point too, is that make sure that your pre-shot routine, whatever it is, stays the same. So without that routine, you might find yourself standing over the ball and just thinking about something else. Um, but one of the tricky things about building that pre-shot routine is everybody's different. You can't just copy the routine of another player. In fact, I've heard stories of even people at the tour level who've had issues with their game because they're tro so much trying to copy some of their own heroes that they're emulating. Like uh, some guys are trying to do what Jack did and stuff like that. Right. It is very unique to you. It's something that you need to be very comfortable with. So you're going to have to develop your own pre-shot routine. We can't do it for you right. is what I'm saying. But I think we can give you some pointers here to give you an idea of some things you can put into place that'll help. Um, the first one is really keep it short. You don't want a, a routine that that takes you know a minute or more to go through. Not only that, slow it down. You're going to get tired. Uh, it can be something that there's too much in it where you start to not be able to do the same thing over and over. The key is to do the kind of the same routine each time. This is with every shot, even not, even with putting. Now you can have two different routines, one for putting and one for every other shot. But still, uh, you get the point. But it's it's an important thing to do um, of keeping it abbreviated in some some way so whatever you design don't make it too long uh of, of a uh of a pre-shot routine do you think a lot about a lot of stuff during yours right now i feel like i'm thinking about way more than i should because i'm doing some swing changes right because I'm, I'm thinking like i like to take a deep breath identify my target make sure my tempo is in check and make sure my lead wrist is closed like those are like four things that I just try to say to myself. Yeah. Like, is it too much? Am I making myself nuts? But you're doing the same thing. I'm doing a very similar <laughs> thing. And again, going back to, like I said, reading that that book, Golf's Not a Game of Perfect, which I highly recommend. Uh, he's a strong advocate of having no swing thoughts during your actual swing and only focusing on the target. They, 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 there's some You can go down a wormhole here, but there's some deep research that shows uh, if you're focused on a target, you're going to perform better than trying to think about it. A good example is if I just pick up a ball right now, like a tennis ball, and I just threw it at that TV wanting to hit it, the basically the idea says that if I just thought about the target and just let the motion happen, then I'm going to hit it much better than if I thought with my mind, like how fast do I have to move my hand? When do I have right. to release? Like as golfers, though, we think about all those things. And I get it because the golf swing is so complex. So I'm I'm not going to be the person who says, don't think of anything. Right. I, I like, you even see the PGA Tour level. We saw Tiger doing it on the, like, on the range, granted. But doing something that's a feel. Mm -hmm. Matt, uh, Matt Wolf's whole motion yeah. is a feel motion that he does. So I think a feel thing can be important. But um, 
Yeah, target is, is 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 really key. And and a point here we make is address just one technical point. So what is the one thing in the swing you have to constantly remind yourself of when you play? That's the technical point you should put somewhere okay. into your routine. And also there's different parts of your routine. A routine can start with standing behind the ball. You may think of it then. If it's that lead wrist, you may do a couple of of like little feel motions mm -hmm. back there uh, and then just kind of let it let the feel happen rather than thinking about it when you do. But if you do think of too many things, you're in trouble. I had this experience when we played after I've been knowing a whole bunch of swing change things. I was thinking of multiple things, at least two things during the backswing and at least two things swinging through. And my mind was tied up in knots and just didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work for me. Yeah. Yep. It happens. Yeah. And then the last thing is, is look at the target. Um, almost every pre-shot routine includes one last look at the target before walking up to take a stance it's a good opportunity to picture uh what you're what you're trying to do with the shot uh, visualization can kind of go either way it works for some people it doesn't work for others i like visualizing i think visualizing tells the body what to do i think the biggest harm that we can have here is not having any target or having way too broad of a target we say aim small miss small i'm a, i'm a believer in that um I think that sometimes our target is so broad, we're not really sending our body the signal of what to do. Like that example I said, that that TV is my target, right. you know, to throw the ball. Similarly, sometimes we just think fairway, you know, but that sometimes doesn't send the brain a clear enough signal of where to send this ball. So if, if you could pick out a hump on the fairway, I'm not going to say you're going to hit it every time, right? but aim small, miss small. So, um, if you can work a little bit of each of those components, I can tell you my kind of pre-shot routine is always to start by standing behind the ball. And that also is my mental trigger to switch into golf mode. So uh, we could be chatting, doing whatever. I'll tee the ball up. But as soon as I get behind the ball, that's when it kind of gets quiet. Yep. I just I aim, I pick a target. I take that deep breath. As you were saying, I love the deep breath because it's a quick physical check. Am I holding any tension anywhere? Because tension will kill it. Mm -hmm. Confident. We talked about before, you know, uh, the whole idea of just saying, having confidence in the shot, I'll walk up one or two practice swings, one last look at the target and go. Right now I am having one swing thought. It's what Brad Worthington taught us with yeah, the same. rest, yeah. right? So we're doing, because it was so successful for us that day we were out there. Right. I'm trying to work it in. So I think that one thing, that low impact, whatever, and then I just go. Love it. And if I think about it after the shot, if I had a bad shot and think about why, sometimes because I was thinking about too many things. Mm -hmm. So that's important. Um, Another big thing is understanding that you got to ride the wave when you're out there. You know, if you, you ask the average golfer what he or she, you know, would like to improve on the golf course, usually comes back along the lines of, I like to be more consistent. Sure. Sounds like a good answer. Unfortunately, it doesn't mean uh, as much as, and it's entirely unrealistic. The game is designed to make you inconsistent. Think about that. The game forces you to hit lots of different shots. You're it's not a basketball court. It's not the same no matter where you are in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's different. There are different shots you have to hit. There are different conditions on the day of. I don't care if you play the same golf course every weekend. There's going to be days it's wet. There's days it's going to be hot, fast. There's going to be days when it's windy. So, it's a game built to present you with inconsistencies and see how well you adapt. One of the greatest or the possibly, you know, arguably the greatest golfer to ever play the game, Tiger Woods, is one of the most adaptable golfers out there. We've seen him adapt to some crazy situations oh, yeah. and crazy shots mm -hmm. and, and escape from some some places you didn't think most people could escape from. Um, so 
understand that, you know, not only is it hard to hit the ball accurately over a distance of hundreds of yards, it's also countless different variables that could be involved. Wind, like we said, lie, slope of the ground. So you're never going to feel like you're entirely consistent. You're always going to have something. So from a mental perspective, you need to understand this, be willing to ride the wave of the ups and downs. A sign of a great golfer is somebody who can bounce back. Yeah, They realize that not everything is going to go their way out there. Some things are going to go the wrong way and they can just bounce back. So just ride that wave. There's nothing better than seeing a guy who puts like an eight on the card on the tour and then like he birdies the next three holes. Like right. I love seeing that. Yeah. You know? It's because they just don't let the wheels come off. Mm-hmm. And and that's such an important part here. It's, it's just stopping yourself mentally from saying all those disaster thoughts that we have. Oh, you know, the, the right. forget about it. There goes my round. This is the way it's going to be. Or, or the worst, like I was only playing well. I knew I was lucky. I knew I was playing over my head. Yep. You know, rather than thinking I'm capable of doing that, even when we do play well as golfers, sometimes we're thinking we're playing over our head. So get away from that. Understand that do your best to maintain focus. But if something happens, know that there are variables that that's intended to make this game hard and just say, okay, pick it up, move on. Use that pre-shot routine as the trigger to get back into golf. You want to lament for a minute or two about your eight? Fine. (laughs) But then shift it back into gear. Um, and one last thing that we would say that can help you keep your focus is to have some goals out there. Mike, how, how much better have we played when we set short-term goals? It's great. I mean, I want to do it more often. Yeah. I want to go out there and focus on hitting 10 fairways. Right. You know. We we did it just the other day at Mansion Ridge mm-hmm. where we were hanging fairways, greens, and no three putts. And it, it, it translated us both shooting pretty good scores that day. Right. Um, but having those little goals, you know, for the day, for your game as a whole, all these things help you maintain focus. Even over the long run, having goals for your swing helps you maintain focus because rather than leaving the course disappointed with your score, you're leaving it thinking, all right, these are the things I need to work on. And you've got this steady progression. Now you go and and you set up your practice sessions to work on those things. And the next time you're out there, you look, did I at least improve in these areas? Where else can I? And you realize golf is this long linear thing rather than this thing with these stopping points, you know, and that really does help to help maintain the focus. So, you know, Maybe your goal is to break 80 or whatever it may be. Whatever the case is, have those goals in mind and set those short-term, short goals while you're out there. Targets. I want to, I want, we talked about this with, uh, with um, Dr. Joseph Parent, Zen Golf. He had a great tip. He said, just focus on how many good shots you hit that day. And good is a subjective thing. It's good for you. But he said, I want to hit 20 good shots today. Right. That's my goal. And then you come out with confidence when you feel like you've done it. And maybe next time I want to hit 25 good shots. Little tick marks on the scorecard. Whatever it is, it will help you maintain your focus because a big part of getting away from our focus is all of a sudden just, you know, kind of putting it in autopilot, you know, not thinking about it. And, and goals will help you think about what you need to do, like hitting a fairway. Right. Or whatever definitely. Hey, all right, hey, Mike. Anything else you want to throw in there with oh, this man. one? I don't have anything else. We Pretty covered a lot. Straightforward stuff, man. We covered right? a lot, and that's what I like to hear. Like, I'd rather it be simple and straightforward. Exactly. I'm a fan of that. I don't want it to be overly complex. Like saying, like, go out there, work on that pre-shot routine. Yeah, we could wrap up the whole podcast by saying, stay hydrated and take a deep breath. <laughs> you know, that's it. There's your podcast. There's your title. podcast. Exactly. That's great. All right. That's great. As I take a, a drink of my coffee, there. Um, 
All right, so that's everything we have for you guys this week. But always, I mean, we say this at the end of every show. Um, if you've got some of your tips as your own, like I said, golf, nuance game, there's so much to it. There's more things that can be added for sure, and there's more that we can't cover in these 30-minute podcast sessions. So if you do have something that you feel like has helped you maintain your focus, make sure you drop it in the comments. Tweet at us, at Golficity. Uh, if you want to DM it to us privately, that's fine too. We like to carry the conversation off of the show as well. But let us know what some of your tips are. Share them. Share them in the Facebook group too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because then we all help. It helps us all. But that's everything we have for you guys this week. You can go to the get to the show notes by going to golfisty.com slash episode 339. And we'll be back next week with, uh, I think, another exciting interview. So stay tuned for that. All right, guys. We'll see you next week.